Welcome back to Fold in the Cheese. It is your boy, K-Troll, on the mic today. And if you're watching the video, you'll notice something a little bit different. I'm here all alone. I'm all alone. There's no way here beside me. I'm like Donkey in Shrek. Cause I'm all alone. There's no one here beside me. My problems have all gone. There's no one to deride me. But you gotta have friends. Stop! My man Ethan is gone this week. He's on vacation. Well, we'll call it vacation. If you've ever been to Disney World, not much of a vacation. It's more like a marathon. You're just running the entire time. But it's a great time. And I hope he's having a blast. And I'm going to hold down the fort while he's gone. I got a special guest coming up for you today. I got a different special guest who's going to be co-hosting with me on Thursday. But for now, I'm going to get you all the NFL insights you need from week nine. I'm going to give you some waivers later today. And we got a special little segment. Let's jump right in. Injuries and news around the NFL. I'm going to get these first and then we're going to talk about some notable performances. Okay. Josh Allen, probably the big name to start things off. Hurt his elbow. He was throwing the ball at the end of the game. They were losing to the Jets, which was absolutely stunning. And his arm got kind of pulled while he was trying to throw forward. Uh, didn't look great. His, uh, he, was, he was tweaking his hand. He was kind of like gripping his hand a lot to see if his elbow was okay. Maybe just an elbow strain. Hopefully that's all it is. He did have this It's a ulnar collateral ligament UCL injury uh, back his rookie year, and he lost four games to it. I don't think it's going to be that severe. Hopefully it's not. But there is some precedent for this with him specifically. So we're going to monitor that one. Hope he's okay. They've got um, oh one of the old Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks. Um, Case Keenum, I believe, is the backup in Buffalo. So if Josh can't go, Case Keenum comes in. At least he's got some rep uh, rapport with uh, Stephon Diggs. Not the worst thing in the world, but obviously Josh Allen, big name. Don't ever want to see him get hurt, right? Um, other big names, Aaron Jones left the Packers game, also losing. Uh, also losing to a junk team, Detroit, and did not return. Said he could have returned. Uh, I'm not sure. Not a doctor, but uh, it sounds like it was a, an ankle is issue. Uh, X-rays were negative. Nothing to worry about there, probably. Uh, but we'll monitor his practice reps this week. AJ Dillon, of course, came in. The quad father, my boyfriend, and did not do much. In fact, he fumbled, and it wasn't pretty. I'm out on him. I'm out on the quad father. I'm out. Just when I say that, he's probably going to take off. Anyway. Um, speaking of other Packer injuries, Romeo Dobbs also left that game. Uh, he had a high ankle sprain, so he's definitely going to be out probably four to six weeks. That's a typical timeline. You don't love seeing that already a depleted receiving room, not even a talented receiving room. So yikes, Christian Watson, other rookie on the other side of the ball, another potential concussion. That's two in the last like three weeks. Not good. Definitely not good for a young guy. Um, they don't like to see him back to back like that. He can miss multiple weeks because of something like that. Keep an eye on it to see if it was confirmed or not. In Carolina, where the Panthers went to Cincinnati, actually, and got absolutely curb stomped by the Bengals. Who knew which Bengals team was going to show up? I certainly missed that one on the uh, pigskin pick'em. But Bakes Show came in and took over for P.J. Walker because he was being terrible, and it was bad P.J., and the Bakes Show came in. So we may have a, a quarterback controversy. Sam Darnold might be coming back healthy soon. Who knows? Could be him. We now have a true quarterback battle in Carolina. Most teams wouldn't want any of these guys, so not ideal. But it does change the value, potentially, DJ Moore, because P.J. Walker was getting DJ Moore more involved. you like to see that. I don't know if Bake Show can do it. In Washington, J.D. McKissick is seeing a specialist about this neck injury that he's had. Probably not super relevant to fantasy. He was a good little pass down 
uh, pass catching back, third down back. Um, they've had a weird three-headed monster in their running back room this year. But it does probably bode well for Antonio Gibson, who's more likely to see more receiving room work out of the two. Brian Robinson did get three catches or three targets this week. You'd like to see that because he had just been kind of a thumper. But um, McKissick, seeing a specialist, not usually a good indication. Could end up shutting him down for the year. Uh, I'm having flashbacks to Chris Carson issues with his neck. So really hopeful that is not the case, but we'll see. And then the big news coming out of the NFL, apparently OBJ has been cleared to return to play. Um, I guess he's ready and cleared, quote unquote. So should be by the end of this week. There's a bunch of interest in him from different teams. It does not sound like he's really still going to play until the beginning of December. So you still got probably three or four weeks. I don't know this is super relevant. We'll get to him in the waivers because undoubtedly someone in your league is going to jump all over him. He does not have an injury designation once he comes back and doesn't have a team. So you can't even put him on your IR. You're just going to hang on to him. This ain't OBJ from six years ago. All right. This is 29, 30 year old OBJ. Still a great receiver, but is he going to get up to speed in a new system and be super relevant? I don't know. I don't know about that. However, the bills are looking at him. The 49ers have been linked to him. The Cowboys have been all over it. The Rams, of course, are interested in potentially bringing him back. Allen Robinson signing has not turned out to be their best move, and they are struggling mightily in general. So um, I, I have not heard much about the Packers, however, who are now down two of the rookie receivers and are garbage in the receiving room anyway. Why they would not be pursuing him is beyond me. That is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, something, something weird is going on in Green Bay right now. It's almost like Aaron Rodgers was like, pay me a bunch of money, let's lose a bunch, and then I'll leave. And I don't understand how the Packers win in that situation, but whatever. Um, so anyway, that's going to do it for most of the injury updates for the week. Not anything super, super notable. We're going to keep our eye on Josh Allen and Aaron Jones. Those are two biggest names. I don't know who Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing the ball to in Green Bay. Maybe Sammy Watkins has a resurgence. Randall Cobb still on IR. I don't know, man. I don't know. Good luck. Drop Aaron Rodgers if you haven't already. Let's take a look at the more positive notes. Let's take a look at some notable performances from the week. And none more notable than Ethan's boyfriend, Mr. Five Touchdowns. We're going to start calling him Cinco Touchdown now. Cinco, Joe Mixon, tearing it up against the Panthers. Four rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. He was very involved in the passing game. A bunch of yardage and receptions. 150 plus yards in the rushing. I mean, for a guy who hadn't been able to get in the end zone recently... This is getting a monkey off your back, for sure. This is even more than what Alvin Kamara did last week when he got four. So, unreal, five touchdowns. The first Bengal to ever do that. Kudos to you, Joe. Keep on going, brother. My boyfriend, on the other hand, Justin Fields, has had himself a nice little resurrection. And for everybody who was hating on me last year when I said he's going to be a star, yeah, maybe I was like a year and three quarters early. Okay, sue me, sue me. Yeah, he's probably sitting on your waivers right now because everyone else doubted him. Great. Good for you. I picked him up. I actually used a waiver claim on him. That's how that's how desperate my quarterback room was. But damn glad I did. Guy got me 49 points or something this week. He threw for three touchdowns. He ran for 178 yards. That is an NFL record for a quarterback. That is more than Michael Vick ever had in a game, which was the previous record, 173. So you're talking Michael Vick territory, okay? I know it's his only his second year. Vic did it for a longer time. Vic seemed like a more explosive runner. Vic was more similar to like a Lamar Jackson type. But I mean, the facts don't lie. You can't deny the guy ran a 61 yard touchdown and he smoked everybody in the field. 
he's bigger than Vic, which makes me think he's hopefully more durable. I, I, I love the guy. Now, he's only had 123 passing yards or something, but he had three touchdowns. So who cares? Uh, touchdowns get a lot more points than yardage. So four total touchdowns for Fields. QB1 performance. Lit it up. That's three weeks in a row he's had really strong performances. I think he's a top 10 quarterback on the year. I think he's a top 10 quarterback going forward. And guess who he gets this week? The Detroit Lions. Maybe the revamped defense Detroit Lions. I'm not buying it. I think Rodgers and Green Bay are just that bad. But look out for my boy Fields. Absolutely crushed it this week. Continue to see that continue to roll rest of the season. Mahomes, back-to-back 400-yard passing performances. It's actually the first time in his career he's had two consecutive 400-yard games. I thought that was really surprising. Um, But did it against my Titans in what turned out to be a really good Sunday night game. Titans were in that game. It went to overtime, for crying out loud. And Malik Willis, Titans rookie quarterback, who's definitely not ready for prime time, can run the ball pretty well, but can't make his reads, can't throw anybody open, can't anticipate routes. I mean, he's, he's not there yet. He's, he's young. I mean, what do you expect? He's young. Give him some time. But uh, he, he played pretty well. He played well enough to keep them in contention. Derrick Henry, of course, is a workhorse. Got the job done as usual. But Titans hung in there. I was pleasantly surprised. The defense played played out of their minds, which was great. Game goes to overtime. Mahomes with his magic, you know, game-tying touchdown and two-point conversion. Just he got in one of those zones where you just know you're not going to stop him. So there you go. But anyway, he lit it up. Tua continues to roll, man. When he's healthy, he is rolling. Of course, he's got the two, probably the best receiving core in the, in the NFL. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, both going off. Um, Tua is living up to the bill, man. I know we said before the season, this is like your make or break year for real, for real. They're giving you all the weapons you need. They're giving you the keys to the kingdom. You are the starting quarterback. Go do your thing. And he's proven why he was a, such a high draft pick. So good on him. Good on you, Tua. Devontae Adams bounced back for Las Vegas after that absolute donut against the Saints. He goes off for like 10 catches, 145 yards, two touchdowns. I don't think he liked having a bad game. And um, he's got a bit of DeAndre Hopkins in him. Those are just guys, they're they're so elite. If you doubt them, if you piss them off, they're going to come back and get you. So probably should have seen this one coming. If you watch the Chargers-Falcons game, gross, by the way. But Josh Palmer, who we talked about in our last episode, came through big. We had no Keenan Allen. We had no Mike Williams. Palmer fills in for Williams. DeAndre Carter fills in for Keenan Allen. Palmer's the guy you want. He went off, basically. I mean, I don't know, eight for 106. That's going off in my book, especially if you're a pickup off the waivers. So that's a 20-point performance. If you're getting bonus points for going over 100, I will take it. I picked him up and started him. Won me in my matchup. Of course, we got to talk about Ethan and my both boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, the third, once a Wake Forest standout. Not sure if you've heard that narrative before, but Michigan State alum, he is tearing it up for Seattle. 109 yards, two touchdowns, three for 20 in the passing game, get a little bit more involved there. They took it to the Cardinals, as I said they would, and he is the real deal. He is the real deal. I think he and Brees Hall were both much better than we thought they would be and every bit as good as we hoped they would be. And so I'm riding Kenneth Walker rest of the season Pretty much schedule agnostic. I don't care who they play. He's a workhorse. He makes great cuts. He breaks tackles. He's got speed. That's exactly what you want. And I think the same is true of ATN. Travis ATN down in Jacksonville, also tearing it up. Having a great resurgence here after he's recovered from an injury from last year. He's got the backfield to himself. They're pouring it on him. He's taking that bell cow roll. He's doing awesome. Go ATN. And Cordell Patterson. 
on the other side of father time, 31-year-old, 32-year-old, whatever he is, came off the IR. Some people were surprised he was activated off the IR this week, but he came in, weren't sure what the workload was going to look like, tore it up, scored twice. He was receiving the ball out of the backfield, exactly what you want him to. He was rushing with authority. The guy's a stud. I don't care how old he is. They needed him back. He looked great. The backfield was doing fine without him. Not not quite the same explosive capabilities that he that he gives that team, especially in the receiving game. So good to see Corderell back. That's going to do it for our notable performances for today. But I would like to give a quick do it update in Ethan's absence. Do it, do it, do it. Let's take a look at the do it board. All right, just look at this beauty. So we have a, a pretty heated battle here between Trevor Lawrence and Jared Goff. Lawrence has a better week this week. Once again, 18.7 to Goff's 15.5. But on the season, it's only an eight-point lead, and Goff has already had his bye week. So this one is getting really heated. This is going to be a good one all the way to the finish, I think, for sure. On the other hand, Josh Jacobs continues to absolutely crush A.J. Dillon, okay? Jacobs didn't even have a good game, 11.7. But Dillon, 6.4, is actually one of his better performances. Jacobs is up 80-plus points on the season, and he's already had his bye not good. Like I said before, I would quit this one already were it not for the potential of Jacobs to get injured, Aaron Jones to get injured, Dylan goes on a rampage. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Wrong, wrong, wrong on this one. Just wrong. Um, on the receiving side, T. Higgins continues to extend his lead. 13 points this week. Allen Robinson with a whopping 5.4. Gotta love that. Uh, Higgins is up 55 points on the season. Robinson has had his bye. Higgins did miss a game to injury, so it's basically like a buy, but he still has a buy ahead as well. So Higgins is, is kind of running away with that one, so we'll see. We did have a weekly do-it bet, though. Ethan's going to love this one. He picked Jared Goff to score more points than my boyfriend, Justin Fields. He's not a believer in Justin Fields, and I know many of you are not believers in Justin Fields, but I got news for you. 40, depending on your platform, 42 to 49 points. Tells me it was, a, it was a good bet on my end. I'll take the do-it-bet win for the week. Thank you very much. That's all I got to say about that. I want to move on now to a very special segment. And I'm bringing in a very special guest. And whenever you see this again, my microphone's going to be all moved. I'm going to have this other person next to me. It's going to be pretty cool. But stay tuned. Be right back. All right, as you can tell, we have changed things around a little bit, and I am joined by the most special of all guests, my main man, my son, Miles. What is happening, Miles? Um, I just went, uh, I was coloring with my sister, um, and we're going to be um, counting down our top 10 favorite Disney rides. We're going to count down our top 10 favorite Disney rides. In honor of Ethan being in Disney right now, I thought... What better way to spend an episode without him talking about all of our favorite Disney rides? We go to Disney a good amount. We've been, I don't know how many times, I think you've been five times, something like that. Maybe even more. I don't know. But this guy is a Disney aficionado. He knows all the rides. He's been on all the rides, pretty much every single one of them, and knows all the parks and everything. So we're going to test his knowledge a little bit, too. We're going to see if he knows all the parks that my favorite rides are in. And then we're going to be given our both of our top 10 rides. So let's kick it off with Miles. Give me your number 10 favorite ride at Disney. My number 10 favorite ride is Remy Ratatouille's Adventure. And where is that? 
at Epcot. At Epcot. So this is a newer ride. This is probably in the last three or so years. Super cool. This was really tough for me because in my 10 spot, I didn't know who to take. I almost went with Ratatouille as well. We have a really cool memory. We got to stay up for extra magic hours at Epcot one time. We rode Ratatouille at 2 o'clock in the morning. It was awesome. It was super cool. So that's a cool experience that I had to share with Miles. Um, So I don't blame you. I think it's a great number 10. My number 10, personally, really tough to come up with this because when you get to, you start working through one through nine and all that, and you're like, all right, I like all these, I like all these 10, you're like, oh my gosh, I can only fit one more in there, and there's so many good ones left. So a lot of honorable mentions, but I'm going to stick with this one. Number 10 for me, maybe a bit controversial, Navi River. Uh, I like Navi River. Yeah. Where is Navi River? Um, is it at Animal Kingdom? That's an Animal like Kingdom. Avatar place. Yes, it's in the Avatar place. Uh, in Animal Kingdom, and it is sort of like a after you've ridden Avatar, you can jump on Navi River. It's inside, which I like. It's nice and cool. It's a little boat ride, which I also love the water ones, and it's all these beautiful black light yeah. colors and really cool uh, images and stuff. And it's all you're like in the Avatar world. It's super cool. I like that one a lot. It gets a lot of hate because it's not all that exciting, but it's not all about excitement at Disney. Anyway, let's move on. Your number nine is. My number nine is Space Mountain. Space Mountain. Every kid ever, at least in my generation, when you were little, you couldn't wait to get tall enough to ride Space Mountain. That was the big one. So, spoiler alert, that might be making an appearance on my list as well. My number nine, I'm going to go with Test Track, which I'm guessing is somewhere on his list as well. Where's Test Track? Uh, Test Track is at Epcot and Space Mountain is at uh, Magic Kingdom. That's right. I wasn't going to ask until I said it, but he just went ahead and answered. It's in Magic Kingdom. That's right. This guy knows them all. I'm telling you. Okay. Test track is one where you get to build your own car. Um, you get to do things like power and efficiency and um, something about like wind. I don't know, energy, something like that. Anyway, you get to des- design a car. Super cool. And then you get to ride in the car, which is all automated in this um, roller coaster type event. But then you get to take the car outside on this track and you're going 60 miles an hour. It's awesome. It's a thrill. Pretty cool. Okay, what do you have at eight? My number eight is test track. Number eight is test track. Wouldn't you know it? Okay. For eight for me, I went with um, one of the rides that we just rode for the first time last time we were at Disney, Millennium Falcon's Smuggler's Run, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Where is that one at? Um, Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios. This is cool because there are four of you that are in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and some people have got the job of being the, the um, doing the driving, like they've got to control where the plane's going. Um, the others are doing like gunners. There's an engineer. It's a really pretty cool setup. Yeah. Everyone's got a job. It's interactive. It's team oriented. Although for me, honestly, sometimes not the best in a team environment. I get a little controlly, a little bit like, why did you run us into that rock? What are you doing? <laughs> Don't die. <laughs> did you get the top score last time we played? Uh, Yeah, I got the top score in gunner. And the gunner? Yeah, you did. You're crushing it. Okay. What's your number eight? Um, oh, you already said you're eight. Yeah. Give me your seven then. Um, my seven is Avatar Flight of Passage. Avatar, which is where? Uh, Animal Kingdom. Yeah, this is awesome. This is also a, I'd say, relatively newer ride. It's been around for yeah. six or seven years, but we just got to do it for the first time for the height requirements the last time we were at Disney, and I got to say, it lived up to the hype. It was awesome. This was super cool. It was sort of like uh, one of my other ones that I put on this list, except um, lower down. You give it a spoiler spoiler alert no, on that? it's sort of like a different one. It's though. sort of like a different ride that yes. I'm going to talk about in just a minute, right? Yeah, sort of. Okay, well, we won't spoil that, but Avatar is awesome, and we'll talk about it more in just a second because it's higher up in my list. Number seven for me is Space Mountain, which we talked about as well. Awesome, in the dark, 
ride. It's really cool. It's kind of a thrill. Um, it's an oldie, but a goodie for sure. Okay. Hit me um, with your number six. Look at you. Wow. Hey, six is Avatar Navi River. You put Navi River at six. Yes, really? I really like it. You love it. Okay. Tell me what you like about it. Um, I like at the end they have like I the first part about it is that I like it sort of in the rainforest kind of vibe inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like um at the end um there's a big avatar person and it's like a really cool animatronic that you get to see. Um, and I just think it's really cool how it works. Yeah, totally agree, man. Totally agree. Great taste. Okay. That's his number six. My number six is the Tower of Terror, which I'm gonna get you to go on the next time we go. He has not gone yet. He has been interested and then backed off at the end. And you know, we couldn't get the whole crew to do it, and so we weren't sure if we wanted to split up. But this is um this is a classic Disney ride. You probably know what it is. You go up in the tower, it drops unexpectedly up and down, up and down, up and down. It's pretty crazy. The coolest part for me though, the door opens up when you're really high up and you get to see the whole park from up yeah. there. It's pretty sweet. It's a good setup. Okay. Give me your number five. My number five is soaring with the land. Okay. Soaring. Soaring around the world or whatever it's called. Um, Soren is awesome. And that's actually my number four. I'm skipping ahead, but Soren is one of my absolute favorites. Was my favorite until the last time we went. But uh, Soren is a really cool ride. You're in a seat that gets elevated. You get a giant like IMAX type screen. And it feels like you're flying through all around the all around the world to these really grand sites like the Eiffel Tower, Taj Mahal. There's these cool like polar bear situations mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. It's awesome. And they also pump in a little bit of smell. You can kind of smell some of the stuff too. It's pretty cool. Where is Soren? Um, Soren was my number five. Oh, it's at Epcot. At Epcot, that's right. So my number five is Rock and Roller Coaster, which you got to go on for the first time last time we went to Disney. Mm-hmm. Rock and Roller Coaster is where? Uh, Hollywood Studios. That's right. Rock and Roller Coaster is the Aerosmith themed roller coaster. It's very similar to Space Mountain. It's not quite as dark. Um, there's more like some neon signs and you're basically you're in like a yes. quote unquote limousine. But uh, you go of, zero to 60 in like two seconds or something really fast, right? Yeah, it's sort of like um, like it's at the end of the park. So it's sort of hard to like see it and you might not um, go on it because it's really far away from the entrance. True. But it's worth the walk, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, if you do go there, it's really fun. Yeah, worth the walk. So I've got that at number five. What's your number four? My number four is Dinosaur at um, Animal Kingdom. Dinosaur. This is a very underrated ride. Uh, Miles is a big, big fan. Dinosaur is filled with some really good animatronics and uh, kind of spooky, right? Yeah. You're in like a Jeep, kind of like you're at Jurassic Park or something. You're yeah, bouncing so around. It's like a time machine thing. It's a time, yeah, you go back in time to the dinosaur world, and they've got some really creepy dinosaurs in there. Yeah. Miles is always a huge fan of this ride. It's also tucked away. It's on the right side of the park uh, in Animal Kingdom. There's not much um, over there. In the future, like, um, we um, saw this on a video, me and Mommy. Um, it said they were thinking about maybe moving um, dinosaur into another side of the park in um in Animal Kingdom because they might be a, doing a Zootopia world. Oh, it is. cool. There you go. You heard it here first. Miles, with the, he's dropping news. He's got a scoop. Okay, well, at number four, I have also got Soren, which is an Epcot. We talked about it earlier. I love Soren. This was my favorite ride for a long time. Miles has got it at five. I've got it at four. I just think it's really cool. It feels like you're flying. It feels like you're going through these really cool sites. It's a really big screen. Super awesome. Let's get to your number three. 
My number three is Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance. Okay. I'm going to save some of my dialogue on this one because, spoiler alert, this is in my top three as well. But where is this one at? Uh, it is <clears> at <throat> um, Hollywood Studios. It is in Hollywood Studios. It is one of the newest rides in Hollywood Studios. Star Wars theme. It is so epic. So epic. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a really good ride. I'll get to that in a minute. My number three is Splash Mountain, which I absolutely love. It has been one of our favorites as a family since Miles first went with us. And not only is it a very long ride, and it's a boat, which I like both those things. You can get wet. You can get pretty wet, actually. Um, so if it's really hot out, you like that because you like to get wet. But we've also got some special memories on there as well. So, you know, as a dad, got to get all sentimental on you. It's number three for me. It has my number one memory of all time It is at Disney, but number three ride. <clears throat> Why don't you give us your number two? My number two is Rock and Roller Coaster at, um, at Hollywood <clears throat> Studios. That's right. We talked about this one. This is the Aerosmith ride. Super cool. Super fast. Jerks you around. Really good ride overall. Number two for me is actually Avatar, the Flight of Passage. So I think this is just really, really cool. It's just like Soren, except you're on an Avatar. You're on a Banshee, which is sort of like a motorcycle kind of a vibe. And you're like leaning forward and you're on this giant screen and it's it's basically soaring but updated. Yeah, you, you know? can um you can feel the banshee breathing on you. Yeah. That's really cool. It's so cool. It is so cool. You guys have got to check it out if you get a chance. Long wait times, so you gotta do the Genie Plus pass, but worth it. All right, Miles, I think I know where this is going, but tell me what your number one ride at Disney World is. It is Splash Mountain at Magic Kingdom. Splash Mountain at Magic Kingdom. Could have called that one a mile away. Tell me why you love Splash Mountain. One, it's very, very long. It's like a 12-minute ride. Yep. Um, one of the longest rides in the world. Um, two, it's um, I really like the animatronics, and it makes you feel like you're actually in um, like a river. Um, yep. Like the big drop? Yeah, I like the huge drop at the end. Yep. Um, the third option why I like it is because um, I had a really good memory there where me and Daddy um, went on the big drop, and while that happened, the big firework went off. It was at, like, 12 o'clock, so it was really fun. Um, and my favorite part about it is, um, like, at the end, um... At the end, there's um, a really cool part um, where you actually get to go through um, Rare Rabbit's like, home, um, and it's really cool to see it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They do have extra after the after the ride, and there's also like a little playground there for the yeah. kids to play and stuff. It's shaded. It's kind of nice. Yeah, that's the number one, number one all-time Disney memory. We talk about this in our family all the time, but Miles and I got to go. Um, when the fireworks start, there's usually a, there's a big parade in Magic Kingdom late at night, and then the fireworks shoot off. And if you're trying to get on a ride while that's happening, there's no one in line because everyone wants to go see the parade or everyone wants to watch the fireworks. So Miles and I snuck back on to Splash Mountain. We get to ride it twice in a row without having to wait. And then one of the times we're going around the ride, and all of a sudden we look up and there's giant fireworks and everything. It was super duper cool. We had a great time with that. Mm -hmm. So that is that is the main reason that ride is number three for me, is because he loves it so much. We make it we we make certain that we go on it every single time we go, 
we have such a blast going on it. It is long. It is a boat. It's super cool. But no, it's great. Number one for me, as far as the ride itself was Rise of the Resistance. I thought that was so, so cool. It's in Hollywood Studios, like we talked about. But the staging of this of this ride is just unbelievable. There are, I think, four staging areas. And one of them, you walk in and you feel like you're in the middle of a, a group of stormtroopers, like you're on the Death Star or something. I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of detail they've gone to with this thing. The ride itself is really cool, very interactive. You see Kylo Ren. You got you got people shooting each other, lightsaber fights. You get to go across the the, the deck to see like a big fight out in space. I mean, it's it's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. Lives up to the billing. Um, so those are must rides. I'd say all ten of these are must ride rides. Miles, I think you've got a great top ten list. I know it's changing all the time. You're always jockeying to put different rides in there, but we so appreciate you sharing your top 10 with the Fold in the Cheese podcast. What do you think? First podcast episode? What do you think? Um, I had a lot of fun. You had a lot of fun. All right. Well, we might have to bring him back, and we're going to get some fantasy football advice from him here in a few minutes, too. Um, so thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. I'm going to cut back to some waivers for you guys real quick, and then we'll wrap this thing up. All right, folks, so there you have it. The definitive top 10 lists of Disney rides for both me and my son, Miles, who is the main man, my main man, the coolest kid you know. Kid loves Disney, knows everything about it. If you want a top 10, his is pretty legit. So I'm going to give you some waivers to target this week in your fantasy leagues. Quarterback, hey, if, if Justin Fields is still sitting around in your league, you need to pounce. This is for real. It's not going to be 50 points every week, but he's going to be as solid as anybody out there. He's got such a high floor with his rushing ability. He's scoring touchdowns. He's throwing touchdowns now. They're actually letting him pass the ball, which is fantastic. So go get Justin Fields if he's available. I doubt he is, but he might be. Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be really steady. I think he's going to be really steady the rest of the season. He should be fine. There's so much volatility in the quarterback room right now. you got people like Russell Wilson who's coming off of a bye, and you're like, what do I expect out of him? Forget about it. Just move on. Maybe he bounces back and has a great finish of the year. I don't know. Trevor Lawrence is going to be solid. That's what I like about him. And I think, honestly, this is going to sound a little bit crazy. Ethan would give me some garbage if I were telling him right now. But I think Kenny Pickett's going to surprise some people for the rest of the season. You look at the first four games he had to play, it was ridiculous. His first game is like Buffalo. And it's like Tampa and you know Miami. And like I don't know, it's like a really, really Philadelphia. Brutal schedule to start his career. It cannot get worse than that. The, the teams are going to get easier they're facing. He's going to have more opportunities. You're going to see George Pickens really take off, I think, the rest of the year. He doesn't have to have to worry about Chase Claypool and targets over there. Firemuth is a great option. Deontay Johnson's going to get more and more involved. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be a solid, serviceable fill-in quarterback for the rest of the year. And I think he's going to have a really good year next year as well. We'll get to that later. All right, for running backs, I was surprised to see James Robinson still available in a couple leagues that I'm in. It looks like they really do want to make this a 50-50 timeshare, if not more James Robinson than Michael Carter. So that's what they brought him in for. If he's sitting there, especially during bye weeks, you could do a lot worse than filling in with James Robinson. Rashad White in Tampa Bay. Man, this Fournette stuff is really perplexing to me. I was real high on him preseason. I thought he had a great year last year. He's a receiving threat. He's obviously a touchdown scorer. Hasn't done much of either of those things this year. And Rashad White is just chipping and chipping and chipping away at playing time. They're at a near 50-50 split right now. So I don't know if it's going to be a change into the guard. If they're just going to push Fournette out of the way, if it's going to light a fire under him to say, hey, if you don't play better like the old Leonard Fournette, then we're going to bench you for this rookie. I don't know. 
I'd rather have the insurance policy on my bench and just wait it out. I'll play Fournette for now. I think he's obviously the guy you need to start of the two, but White is getting more and more touches, and it'd be nice to have him in your on your bench in case they do decide to put him in as a starter. So not making me too comfortable there. Wide receivers, I think everyone's going to be jumping on OBJ just because you're kind of like, it's always that what-if factor, right? Everyone's going to think, but what if he does come back and he's like OBJ was with the Giants that one year where he was the greatest receiver ever? I mean, if you look at his whole body of work, that's kind of an anomaly. I think the guy is a stud receiver. and he's got great hands and makes crazy catches and all that. I like to watch him play. I don't know if that OBJ is coming back anytime soon, if ever. And I don't know that that OBJ is actually more indicative of his career than the Cleveland OBJ, which, to be fair, it's Cleveland. Everyone goes to Cleveland to die. But that OBJ was not dominant. That OBJ was a solid wide receiver one on a team that would have been a wide receiver two on any other team. I don't know. I get I get wanting to buy it for the upside and hope that it's something special. Not sure. I, I'm not sure I would stash him on my bench for the next four weeks to wait for that. So uh, Terrace Marshall in Carolina, on the other hand, since Robbie Anderson has been traded, he's really taken over as number two. I was high on him last year. He had a great preseason last year, which sounds like a million years ago, but the guy's got talent. He's an LSU receiver. I don't know. I think he's, he made some really great catches against uh, Cincinnati this week. Granted, some of them were against the backups or whatever, but he mossed the guy in the end zone for a touchdown. He's got talent. He's kind of trying to get it all together. Second year guy hasn't had a ton of opportunities, but he's got his opportunity now. So I'd take a flyer on him. Could do worse as a, as a, as a fill in for uh bye weeks and a name you might not have remembered. Traylon Burks in Tennessee is coming off of the IR sometime soon. Maybe this week, maybe the week after I'm not sure, but um, they got to have somebody they can throw to. And it ain't the, the guys have been thrown to. They're not, they're not getting involved enough. So Traylon Burks might come back and be the dominant guy. I sure hope he does for Tennessee's sake. Might be worth a stash. And then Scotty Miller in Tampa. I mean, if Godwin and Evans can't get it done and Julio can't stay healthy and Brashad Perryman can't catch anything, someone's got to catch balls down there. So why not Scotty Miller? I don't know if it's going to be consistent, but he caught like eight of nine targets this week or seven of eight targets this week. Brady just needs somebody he can count on. And the other guys have been unreliable, inconsistent. Maybe Miller makes a run here at the end of the season. We'll see. Speaking of reliable for Brady, Kate Otten, this rookie tight end. If you're looking at tight ends, you could do a lot worse than Kate Otten. I've been mentioning his name for several weeks now with Cameron Brait out. I don't think Cameron Brait's getting this job back. Otten has looked really good. And yeah, he's a little bit inconsistent, but so is every other tight end in the world. And he's a rookie. So what do you expect? For the most part, I'd probably consider starting him over Kyle Pitts at this point. I mean, Kyle Pitts has shown me nothing this year. I'm sure Otten has more points than he does at this point. Ridiculous. And then Cole Komet, I know a lot of people were high on him preseason, didn't really pan out. Now that the Bears are opening up that offense, he's starting to get more involved. It's what we like to see. It's what we hoped to see from him. I think he could be a really solid tight end for the rest of the season if you're looking for somebody. And don't forget David Njoku is talking about maybe trying to come back this week. He had a high ankle sprain, and we thought it was going to be four to six weeks. It's been like three weeks. He's thinking about coming back. He was pretty involved when he was there earlier in Cleveland. Might be worth a stash as well. That's going to do it for your waiver wire pickups this week. I wish you all the greatest success in all of your waiver claims. And I will be back Thursday with another special guest. Not quite as special as my child, but special guest nonetheless. You've heard the name on here before, and they're going to be a co-host for the whole episode. Let's go. Until then, keep on folding. Fold it. I did them both. Bye.